Welcome to Real Financial Planning, broadcast on WKXL, available as a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And I'm joined again today by Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice. Mike, welcome back. Hey, Matt. It's great to see you again. Great to see you. And today, I got to admit, I was a little skeptical when you told me what you wanted to talk about today. We're going to talk about protecting your wealth. And I thought, Mike, not a great topic. <laughs> this is relevant to like 1% of our audience, maybe. This is for like rich people, right? And you sort of explained, no, no, no. Actually, it's the opposite. This is super relevant to you if you're not wealthy and yeah. you're hoping to end up that way, right? That's exactly right. I mean, this is all about protecting your wealth as it grows. Now, I understand a lot of people are starting off and it takes a long time to start building wealth, right? Um, but later on, hopefully that's going to start compounding and growing faster. So if you can start younger thinking about protecting that wealth as it grows, because you definitely don't want to take a step backwards. So this is relevant to everybody, I think. And there will be tips and strategies within here, what to think about, how to think about it so that you can protect the wealth as it continues to grow. And it's also somewhat a mindset, right? You want to think, yeah, I'm going to be growing my wealth over time. And that applies different ways to different people. Some people are very risky entrepreneurs starting businesses. They're going to grow wealth that way. Other people are just going to save and invest steadily over time. Hopefully it gets you to the same point that you'll grow that wealth over time. And so these strategies, you want to protect that. So we do not take a step backwards. It makes me think of marauders at the gates and you're literally protecting your wealth. So what we're really talking about though, is you know what you do, which is strategies at each point for listeners in the life cycle of how do you make sure that you continue to build up your resources so that you can do all the things you wanna do in life, send your kids to college, retire comfortably, uh, buy a house, do do all the things that go with life, and you're you're making sure that you don't you don't dissipate what you're what you're able to accumulate. Right, and it is kind of like those marauders actually, because there are things that can come in sideways. You've definitely heard stories about things that happen to people where they owe a ton of money or life situation happens, and that's what we're really protecting against. in In one level, that's one of the things we're protecting against, where insurance comes in, right, and different strategies there to make sure that nothing, those marauders don't get in and it doesn't come in sideways and, and wipe you out such that you have to start over. So there's certain things that we'll recommend on that front. And it is as it grows, hopefully, you know, you're young starting off and your wealth will grow over time. And so that's where we want to get the mindset to implement over time, little tips and strategies that layer on top of each other to protect wealth as it's growing. Well, you know, when you say that, it makes it sound like the 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 bundle of strategies that you're going to apply changes over time. So does it matter how much wealth you have in terms of the strategies you're going to apply to protect it? Yeah, I think it does. When we're just starting off, we don't have a lot to protect. Maybe, you know, starting that first career, just getting going savings, you might have student loans. So you might have a negative net worth, you know, you owe more money than you actually own but you still want to get started on saving and investing because it compounds over time. So you might have 10 or $20,000 just starting off with emergency savings and other things. There's not a lot to think about in terms of protecting that. But as that grows to 100,000 or a million or a couple million as you're approaching retirement, there are certainly a lot more things that you need to consider, especially as you mentioned earlier, starting a family, getting a house. All right, now we're talking quite a few things that we need to um, start considering. And so it does change over time. 
All right. So let's, let's dive into it then. Um, let's, let's start with the situation you just outlined. I'm starting out. I've just started saving in a bank account. Maybe I've got a, a first or second job in my career and I've got a 401k that goes without. So I'm starting to see yeah. little bits of uh, uh, employer contribution to that 401k. Uh, is there anything for me to do really with, with this low level of wealth? It, yeah. it, it almost sounds wrong to call it wealth. It's like right. you know, we're, we're scraping two <laughs> sticks together here, but what do I do to protect that? Yeah, it, you, there are definitely a few things, but it is true. It's hard to think about it uh, because, again, you probably have some student loans or other things that you might owe, owe a bunch of money. And you're starting to make payments on those as well. So it is hard to think about as wealth, but you're definitely on the right track. You want to be saving and investing both in those employer accounts uh, and other accounts to start growing that wealth. So that's the first thing to think about. And yeah, there are things we want to do to protect that. So that young person is just starting off and you want to have an emergency savings. Right? You want to build up you know, a few thousand dollars, maybe grow that to five or $10,000. Typically for emergency savings, we talk three to six months worth of expenses. So just multiply your expenses by three to six months. Try to build up that amount in your savings or checking accounts. Now that's not foolproof and that's pretty generic advice, but it's a good starting place. And the reason is really for emergencies, if you lose a job. So if you lose a job, you might have to go three to six months. And that's why you try to build up that account. Now, you don't have to do this straight out of the gates. You just, you know, you got that first job the first year or two, build it over time. Give yourself a couple of years. Say, I'm going to, you know, chip away at this and build that emergency savings. Why is that important? Because you don't want to get wiped out if you do lose a job and start having to borrow. That's what I'm talking about going backwards. Now you're using credit cards and paying 10 or 20% interest on that debt. And so we don't want to go backwards. That's why we start building up that emergency savings. The other thing at this point you want to consider is a couple of insurances, just simple stuff you probably already have, but your auto insurance, if you're driving a car, let's make sure we've got auto insurance. So again, something bad happens. We're not getting wiped out for tens, tens of thousands of dollars in some kind of accident. And if you have a home or you're renting, check out and make sure you've got home and um, renters insurance. Because again, why? You don't want to go backwards. So a couple of couple of quick insurances you probably already have covered and then start working that emergency savings. And insurance is something that people tend to skip over when they're young. They don't have a lot of assets. They're a little earlier in the life cycle. They feel like, really, I need to protect my futon. But it, it what you're really talking about is being risk averse at scale to what you have. And you just don't want to end up in that negative right. high interest rate cycle that can that can really set you back. Yeah, that's exactly right. And we don't think about it much because we just moved out and typically our parents are helping cover some of that stuff, right? And so now, oh, wait, do I have to do something here? So yeah, be aware that you can get renter's insurance and it helps cover you. Here's the situation why you buy insurance. Insurance is very useful for a low probability event that has catastrophic results. All right. So think, Hey, my building caught on fire and I lost all my stuff that's in it. I'm renting and something happened. I lose all my, it's, it's very unlikely that's going to happen, but if it did, how much stuff did you do? Are you going to have to replace? How much is that going to cost you now? So the, the, um, since it is low probability, the premiums for paying for that insurance are pretty cheap. And so that's why we do it. It's not that expensive and it's really protecting you from tens of thousands of dollars. Same with the auto insurance, same exact idea, low probability, but catastrophic results. 
All right, let's move a few squares forward in the game of life. You remember the game of life? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that was like the, like the little kids in the back of the car, the kids. right? And then you, by the way, at the end of the game, you sell your children. I'm not making this up for, <laughs> for our younger that. listeners. This is a board game. This is before you did everything online. And at the end, you get to sell your kids. All right, so uh, bummer aside. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, we're moving forward in the game of life. All right, we're getting married. Uh, maybe we are looking at buying our first home. So we're kind of advancing in the life stage. What are we thinking about at this point? Yeah, so that's great. And that's where you've been chipping away for a while. You know, it does does take a while to start getting, you know, lowering some of those debts. You paid off some of those student loans. So that's getting lower. Maybe you've saved up down payment for a house. Uh, so your net worth has probably grown, you know, maybe maybe $500,000 or so of net worth. And so we want to definitely keep protecting that. So a couple of things to think about home. If you have a home, we definitely want to have home insurance. Now, the good news is if you have a mortgage, this is required that you have home insurance part of the mortgage. And I can lend you money unless, <laughs> unless that property is insured. But check your limits for that. So while I'm on the, on the subject of that, the limits for your home insurance, what you want to look for is that the dwelling is covered. The dwelling is your actual home. So when you have home insurance, they're really protecting the home, not so much the land. So the dwell when you see that, you know, dwelling insurance, 400,000 of coverage, make sure you can rebuild your home for that 400,000. Okay. If you have additions, you know, stepping down the road a little bit further, you know, you put on a little addition, you get some solar panels, maybe that 400,000 is no longer covering the dwelling. So be aware of that limit for your home insurance. So we definitely want to make sure that's there. The other way that you could save a little bit on home insurance is the deductible. The deductible is how much you're going to owe out of pocket if something goes wrong and you make a claim. And so if that deductible is very low, the insurance uh, you know, company doesn't like that. And so they're going to make you pay higher premiums, monthly premiums. So if you bump up that deductible, the premiums get lower. So that's a way of saving. Again, it's unlikely situation. Right. And so keep the premiums low and hopefully you never have to cover that deductible. Now, Matt, did we say we have kids in the back of the car also? Uh, let's let's put some <laughs> kids in the back of the car. So if you got kids, a few more things you need to consider, of course, life insurance. Now, when you're young and you don't have kids, you don't really need life insurance. Life insurance is great for covering costs when you're gone. All right. So if you're not around, are there any costs that you want to make sure you're leaving behind to cover? Now, if we have young kids, yeah, there's probably some, some things we want to help them out with. So life insurance becomes very important to make sure that you're covering potential costs if you're no longer around. Now, some people can self-insure, which means you've built up enough in the, the your retirement accounts, which you won't need. <laughs> uh, and so if you have enough in your retirement accounts, your checking and savings accounts, you can self-insure, but it's really, really important that you consider those kids and insurance and how much you're going to leave behind to take care of them. One thing that comes up a lot when talking about this stage is evaluating people's net worth. Now, this sounds like, you know, this is a way, way back machine reference, but it sounds like Stuart Smalley looking in the mirror and saying, I'm good enough. I'm smart enough. So I feel like I've got a lot of net worth. I get the feeling, though, that we're not talking about your self-regard. We're talking about something financial. What is your net worth, Mike? That's right. We've used the term net worth a couple of times. And net worth is simply everything that you own minus everything that you owe. So if you were to no longer be here tomorrow, 
and we took everything that you own and sold it and paid off all your debts, student loans, mortgage, car loans, how much is left? Now, as I mentioned a couple of times, that might be negative when you're just out of school because you might've invested in yourself to get through school. And so you owe more money than you have built up yet. But as we get older and we I get a house and we've got maybe two working uh, parents and building up you know, retirement accounts, hopefully that becomes positive. So at that stage, maybe you, your net worth, when you take that house and everything, maybe 500,000, you know, and hopefully we're on the path to, you know, a million. Now the first couple, the first couple of decades, it's very hard to grow net worth. You're literally chipping away at it. You know, you're paying down those loans. Maybe you get a house, you're paying the mortgage, you're trying to save as much as you can. Then kids come along and that's straight out the window. (laughs) And so it becomes very hard. The good news is, as you get into the middle of your career, hopefully you've built up some money and now it starts to really kind of snowball. Well, let's, let's talk about that then. So, all right, let's say I've, I've got those kids, I've got that house and let's say I've gotten a few promotions. Um, the kids are a little <laughs> Congratulations. bit. Congratulations. Yes. Well, I, I, you know, all my hard work, um, it, it's richly deserved. So now I've gotten to the point where maybe the kids are approaching college. So I've got some big expenditures right. out ahead of me. Hopefully I've been saving for those. Um, yeah, what am I thinking about at this point in the life cycle? Right. So now you're, uh, you've reached that point, <clears throat> kind of a tipping point, the snowball effect where your money can start making money. So it starts compounding. So as you have more in those retirement accounts, in your savings accounts, that interest and investment starts really growing faster than you're adding to it. The first couple of decades, you're literally adding money and it's not growing that fast, but now your money is compounding. So it grows more quickly and that's great. Hopefully you're at this stage, Matt, <laughs> that your money is compounding and growing more quickly. And that's fantastic. So a few things we need to consider at this point as we're maybe 500,000, a million dollars of net worth, and it's starting to grow a little more quickly. One thing I'll mention on the insurance products is the umbrella insurance. Now we talked earlier about having the home insurance and the auto insurance, again, for catastrophic events, umbrella insurance sits on top of those two products and raises the liability limits. It's very inexpensive and it'll cover for you for 1 million, 2 million, 5 million. You could just keep upping that umbrella amount and it's pretty inexpensive for a yearly premium. And again, if someone, something happens where someone, you know, you're in a, an accident or someone's suing you, that's going to provide you a lot of coverage. So I definitely always recommend umbrella insurance as you start hitting that $1 million um, net worth. A few other things I want to note at this point, as you're building up those accounts, how are they protected? Hey, I've, you know, I've got a hundred thousand or a couple hundred thousand in my checking or savings or in my retirement account. Could something go wrong with these brokerages or these savings? So there are a few things that the federal government has stepped in and helped out with each, each account, uh, at a, each institution, so your bank accounts, are covered up to $250,000. So you've seen this, the little print ad, right, Matt? The FDIC insurance. Right, it's like the, it's, it's a wonderful life moment. Like there's a run on the building and loan, right? Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm covered up to 250 k That's exactly right. Yeah, that's why they instituted it. Uh, if you remember the run on the banks, <laughs> savings and loans. So $250,000 per institution per account holder. So if I have an account at Citizens Bank or Capital One to up to $250,000, even if I have multiple accounts, 
it's only going to be 250,000 at that institution. So some people do like to break their money apart and say, I'm going to uphold just 250 at this institution, 250 at another institution, um, because that's the FDIC insurance. Now for retirement accounts, if they're employer retirement accounts, you've been building up over time in your 401k that has unlimited protection from liability protection. And then also if you have individual retirement accounts, so again, uh, individual IRAs, traditional Roth, those kinds of things, they're product protected up to $1.4 million for your individual retirement accounts. So there is some good protection around those accounts as well, already built in. So you don't have to worry too much about that. Now, the one thing we haven't really talked about is within those accounts, another protection mechanism protecting your wealth is diversification. And I don't want to dive too much into the investment side of things in, in this podcast, but it is important not to get wiped out by making one risky investment, right? You might remember Enron or the dot-com bubble. And so if we're invested in a single sector or a couple, just a couple of stocks, as you build wealth over time, that can come in sideways and really take you out. So make sure within your retirement accounts and your brokerage accounts that you're really well diversified. And it sounds like even if you are, are, are giving up a little bit of a hit. There, there are lots of little hits that you've talked about here. You pay premiums on insurance. You, uh, you're diversifying, meaning you know, you're, not, you're not going for the high super risk investments all across the board that might have big returns. So you're, you're taking some of those little hits because again, you're saying that the, the, the trade-off is worth it in terms of risk. You're protecting against your downside here and making sure that your assets are going to be there, even if they're, you know, little, little cuts here and there. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly the way to think, especially around insurance products. Again, as you mentioned, catastrophic if something happens. And so, yeah, you got to take the hit on those premiums. I mean, it's just the way things are here in the US when we're put in charge of our own retirement and savings and having to manage it all ourselves more uh, rather than having, a, you know, sort of a built-in pension system. So you have to be very careful because it is unlikely, but I'm sure everyone has heard stories that something uh, happens and you're paying tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dollars. So yeah, you take those little, those little cuts in order to avoid the massive catastrophic problem. You know, at some point, we really should do a show on social security and how you should really <laughs> think about it as insurance, not as a savings account. That's a whole other, that's, that's yeah. such a deep talking. Okay. We'll, we'll get to That'd that. Be a good time. one. All right. Look, we're rounding the bend here. We're, we're coming, we're coming into the very, very home stretch. Let's say we're lucky enough to have saved and grown our wealth to 2 million, 3 million, you know, what then? Yeah. So that's great. And at that point, first, everything we've already talked about, double down on that stuff make sure all those little things are protected. So everything we've talked about, make sure- The hits are worth it at that point, right? Like uh, take absolutely. the little hits because you've got a lot to protect. That's right. As you have a lot to protect, really make sure all that's short up so that you're not, there's no cracks you know, in the armor. So all those um, liability limits, make sure they're maxed out. The umbrella insurance, you, you want to up that. So that's the kind of thing that you want to revisit, making sure, yeah, you know, as I mentioned on the house, that you're covering those limits for replacing your house all of those. So as your assets grow, you want to make sure double down on all those little items and make sure they're really buttoned up. But there's other things that you can consider at this point. One of the things here in the US is that businesses get lots of tax benefits. 
having your own business, starting your own business, doing consulting on the side to have a little bit of a business, that really can have a lot of great tax saving strategies. Now, can't use this podcast for getting into all that, but that's a way of building and protecting wealth because at this point, once you've reached two, three, four million dollars, a lot of it comes in tax savings and tax planning, and that's protecting your wealth. Just pay the government what you owe them. We don't need to overpay. And so there's a lot of strategies around that. So you might be able to start your own business or consulting on the side. That's a great tax planning strategy. The other thing is using your human capital. You've obviously worked for a couple of decades, growing wealth, figuring out you know, whatever it is that you're working on. And so again, starting some sort of type of business can be very beneficial for using your own human capital. The other thing that you can start thinking about at this point is actually estate planning as well and transferring of wealth, okay? Two, four, $5 million. And again, it's compounding. Maybe you're just, just entering retirement. Great, this is awesome. But you still have 20 or 30 years of enjoyment. That money might you know, keep growing. And again, it's snowballing and getting bigger. So estate planning becomes very important how we're going to transfer that again to save on taxes. Taxes become massive at this point. You know, if you're paying even uh, 20% on a couple hundred thousand, that's real money. <laughs> so you want to be careful of that. So getting, um, looking at your net worth as you get multi-millions and looking at estate planning becomes really important. Well, we have to wrap up at this point. It sounds to me, I'll let you have the last word, but it sounds to me like the take-home is we often talk on this show about strategies to grow your wealth, but but the, there's a balancing act that you're suggesting here that there's another side of the coin in protecting your wealth, which is all about managing risk. What's your upside potential, but also limiting your downside. Is that about right? Or would you sum it up another way? No, that's, that's exactly right. Think, you know, thinking between growing your wealth versus protecting your wealth is actually a totally different strategy. And so most of us are in a situation, right? You're just trying to build wealth and you've done it for decades because you just, as we said, you get out of school, you're starting that first job, you're just starting to save, you pay down your debt. How do I get you know, more money? How can I make more, get a different job, do all those things? So growing that um, is taking on risk, you know, whereas protecting your wealth is the exact opposite. Now we got to think risk averse. How do I make sure that I don't get taken out sideways from this? So it's a very different mindset, uh, but it's important to visit that at least once a year, make sure you're really protected in all these different areas. Mike Morton of Morton Financial Advice, Sage Advice as always. Thanks so much. Thanks, Matt.